Are we really talking about Pepe? Yes, can we? Oh, okay, okay. Because remember when I said we hate chickens? I don't hate chickens. Oh. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, Welcome to our private square. (laughs) Hello, it is 86 degrees and sunny here on the East Coast. Uh, We're not both on the East Coast, but it is 86 degrees and rainy on the Hawaiian coast, right? Yes. We got it. Um, so last time, this is Safe Space Deminis, and we are your wellness warriors in the STEM field. Ta-da! So we didn't introduce ourselves last time, and I think for the sake of the safe, safe spaces, we're going to maintain anonymity until we feel like it's a safer space and place. Um, well put. So we will refer to each other as our sun signs right because fuck astrology but it's okay if you're an astronomer yeah go first first. okay okay i am your capricorn friend person or capricorn botanist uh or capricorn can't get enough sleep botanist (laughs) and i'm i'm also sleepy we're all sleep we're all adulthood is perpetual sleepiness but I'm an Aries and we don't sleep. Uh, Aries are notorious for partying. Yeah. Um, and I work with wildlife. I, right now I study primarily diseases and how they um, affect wildlife. Uh, just backtracking a little bit on the last episode um, where I said I hated chickens. I just want to clarify, we like chickens. I, I don't hate chickens. They just wake me up at 5.30. Uh, Capricorn over here has has a chicken. I do. I also don't remember you saying that you hate chickens. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes, I, I, have a, I have a little hen. Her name is Pepe. And <laughs> we love Pepe. <laughs> we love Pepe. She, oh my gosh, what do we, <laughs> well, she literally walked into our lives. <laughs> and then wouldn't leave she came out of nowhere <laughs> that yeah. that really is what exactly what happened and she she was actually sick when she walked into our garage and we helped her get better and now she's just with us and following us around every time she loses sight of me she'll like do this Hi. thing where she goes and then tries to and then i'm like i'm here and then she <laughs> lies to my voice (laughs) but she's at um, a point in her life where she has become a true hen and she's laying eggs but they're not fertile and she thinks they are so (laughs) we took her eggs and now she's laying on golf balls and then she we finally took those golf balls away and the nest away and then she's kind of back to her normal self and but now she's laying eggs again oh man so so strange if you think about eggs like chicken eggs are just ovary products they just are they're just they're just it's weird if you think too hard about it (laughs) I'm thinking too hard about it I am now thinking really hard about it (laughs) eat them yeah (laughs) Okay, bye. <laughs>
So today we are going to talk about, I was really excited for this one. We're going to talk about titties, tattoos, and taboos. And so I want to start, there's this article that the New Zealand Herald published, and I'm sure it's in other places, but this happens to be the first one that came up. But it was about a doctor that goes viral after saving a man's life while wearing, so I guess the paparazzi got pictures of her in her bikini and she harnessed that media uh, exposure and turned it into, I think it's the hashtag is hashtag med bikini. And basically in this article, she, she just, she's on vacation (laughs) surfing and happens to be near this man I guess who who was I don't know what was happening but she saved his life in a bikini and she's she's a she's a emergency physician or something like yeah emergency medicine physician yeah yeah it sounds like he has like a, a wound and stuff and she not only tied off the wound but she stabilized him within an hour and before the hospital helicopter could fly them to a local hospital And the point is, she explains that sexism in medicine is alive and well. There was an article published in a medical journal where they basically sought to, they kind of were really mean about stating what they feel like is inappropriate social media behavior. And part of that is female surgeons going on vacation and posting pictures of themselves in their bikinis or their their sexy dresses. And and but they're still doctors, right? That's I think that's what's infuriating is and and that's on just being a woman in the STEM field. We can have all these qualifications, you know, I talk a lot about getting my PhD and I think part of it is so that people can respect my my professionally influenced opinion and I also at the same time have to come to terms with the fact that it doesn't matter what my education is, I will always face this type of discrimination in in the STEM field. So yeah, so that's on having titties. Uh, Let's start there. (laughs) Yeah, she was on vacation. Can we also start there? Like, oh, I said like. Oh, we're trying this thing where every time we say like inadvertently, we're gonna have to do a squat. Yeah, do your squats. Because I think we say like too much, but also it's okay. She was on vacation and my God, don't worry about what we're doing outside of our profession. Yeah. If I show up to work and I show up dressed the way I'm supposed to dress, which in most of the work I do right now is in long sleeves and long pants because you don't want chemical spills on your skin. Absolutely. Not. But outside of that, if I want to wear a bikini, if I want to wear a dress, what what is the issue and and her this lady's point in this article too was no one's getting at men for wearing their shorts you know their their tank minimal tops. shorts right and I tank tops outside cover your nipples <laughs> you know like why are well you cover your nipples mine are covered in a bikini what are you what are we really upset at any i think we're just upset at women being women you know, so that's, that's inherent misogyny right there. Yeah, I, and I really just don't understand why people are going after her for literally saving someone's life on her time, like, on her spare time. Yeah, Yeah. she wasn't getting paid for it. 
no, absolutely. But she was qualified to save this person's life. So just let her do her freaking job off pay. Uh, and this, <laughs> sorry, I'm so, that makes me so angry. Yeah. And then after reading this article and then talking with you, I realized that even I feel uncomfortable at my own job wearing a bikini outside of work hours because you know educational outreach and it's a islands are small here right people know each other and sorry so what do they want are gonna see me in a bikini (laughs) (laughs) right and you're off the clock so everyone else is wearing a bikini and I guess you know, do we expect teachers to be constantly dressed up outside of work? I mean, that's another thing, right? If we're holding teachers, that's why it's like seeing animals at a zoo. Like that, it's that kind of feeling because you're so not used to seeing them like that. But the reality is, is teachers are normal people outside of their jobs. They drink and no one's giving Party. like male teachers a hard time about drinking. People have this idea where if you're a woman in STEM, you're supposed to be, you can't be can't be fabulous <laughs> you can't be a supermodel in your spare time you just have to be this crotchety <laughs> acne ridden maybe wears glasses nerd that I was with but khakis. with with khakis <laughs> with a polo shirt and, and that's just not the reality of it. We're adults, discovered skincare, discovered makeup. Jewelry. Why jewelry, you know, outside of work, why? So I do a lot of outdoor things and I work at an outdoor retailer store as well. During my day job, I tend to dress in really just disposable clothes, right? Because they're gonna get dirty with the things yeah. that I do. So I don't really dress nice. So if I'm at my part-time job for a short amount of time and I want to dress nice, I'm gonna dress nice. And that's the reality is if I want to wear makeup outside of my work, I'm going to wear makeup outside of my work. And or even to work. Or to work. Yeah. Like it's not going to affect how I work, but I remember this one lady I was helping, there was no one else there to help her that day. It was just me. I was wearing fake eyelashes. It wasn't extreme, but I dressed up a little that day after we had had a whole conversation about hiking boots, which I am a wildlife biologist. So I only happen to own and know a lot about hiking boots. After a whole conversation, she goes, don't take this the wrong way. And I hate when people start a sentence with that because I'm going to take it the wrong way because it means it's like a precursor to saying something offensive. Uh, And she goes, you just look a little too girly to really understand maybe what I'm talking. And I was like, okay, all right. I hate doing this, but I, my career is literally to hike outside. And, and just so you know, I stick my hand in dead things frequently. So what the fuck? I, you've never know this story. It was just so bewildering. (laughs) I'm choking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just hearing this. It just don't make no sense to me. Right. There's so many beautiful people in STEM and what we're, we're, we're not allowed to. What do you want me to do? Go back to being 13 with hormonal acne? What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, like what, what are my eyelashes gonna like? Like what? Is it gonna make me miscount the parasites? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
are are my fake eyelashes gonna make me fall down on the trail yeah I think they think the eyelashes are heavy and maybe it's maybe if I wear fake eyelashes I can't hike you know what's heavy sexism and uh speaking of misogyny you know that's another oh are you looking yeah I'm looking at we have an outline yeah we did it right this time. So sexualization of women, well, that's just a broad statement, right? Just the sexualization of women, it, it doesn't go away in this field. Yeah. And in this very male-dominated field, you have to wonder a lot of times, men don't go into this field wondering if they got the job because they're qualified or, uh, or if it's because of their looks or whatever, or... You know that scene in Legally Blonde where she discovers that her professor literally just takes her on as an intern because he wanted a banger? That's real. That's real. That is real in all occupations. That is absolutely real. I remember walking in on a conversation where my male peers were talking about this one woman's chest tattoos. Not the tattoo, but the fact that it was placed over her breasts they use that word and I was like oh (laughs) can men not say why did you have to even say that and then just being condescending toward women overall yeah 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 I so I'm a pretty small person and when people look at me they don't think that I can do much really (laughs) oh yeah but that's also that also goes for a lot of women in the field right they just look at your stature and you're like they're like assume that you can't you know hike for miles carrying 100 pounds on your back or whatnot one time when I was an intern we were like replacing pipes or something for like water irrigation that got washed out during a flood or something and so we had some heavy shit yeah we had like these big pipes I don't even know how to describe them to the listeners but they were just big pipes like the diameter was probably like I would say like five or six inches and they were heavy and it took three people to carry one um and because they were long they were like almost 20 feet long maybe 15 to 20. Wow. yeah and we were hiking like n- not on a easy trail up the mountain down a valley on a ridge and there were about 10 of these pipes that we had to hike in and the lead guy gave me this walmart bag and was like, here, can you carry this in? And I was like, oh, okay. And then I am helping two other people carry a pipe in with this Walmart bag. And the lead guy comes back out and he was like, oh, I gave you that Walmart bag so you didn't have to carry the, the pipe. And I was like, what? As if he just automatically assumed As for whatever if, reason that yeah. you couldn't handle it. Yeah. And I was, I was, sing- I was singled out that way. Oh, it's like, what, just because I work in a lab and I'm tiny, I can't do that. And it's not to say that every person can, because I understand, you know, it's not realistic for every person too, but I feel like having that assumption. And I feel like a lot of people just do have that assumption for um, women in general in the field. Unless, mm. unless like you, you have to prove yourself in some sort of way. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, a woman in this field literally constantly means you have to prove yourself. Yeah. Or exceed expectations. Otherwise, you're just you're just a woman to them, I guess. Yeah. 
And, and it's like, you know, if I wasn't able to handle it, then I would have said something. But the thing is, is there were three of us on one pipe, which was like, that is doable for anybody. Right. 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 And he didn't even give you that chance to. Yeah. He didn't ask me or say anything. I just thought like, okay, we need to carry this in. Got it. But it was also really weird that he had said that to me. If that's what he was thinking, he didn't have to say that. Yeah. Rude. (laughs) I was already halfway on the trail we were we're going I don't know that's just like a tiny story and like that's a microcosm in this whole like (sighs) universe (laughs) but I guess you know things that we face yeah and I feel like some people would say oh you know that's just a small thing that doesn't really mean anything and it's just how can you not make those correlations though how can you say that that was just a coincidence or a happenstance that oh or oh he was just being considerate and it's those things those comments that make you second guess yourself or downplay whatever microaggression is happening again as a woman these are things that we I'm constantly second guessing myself as a as a minority in this country too you're always wondering if you're being too sensitive or you have to see it for what the person intended, but that's, that's what a microaggression is, right? Like, what were your intentions, my guy, and saying things like that? Oh, gosh, I also remember this one man kind of telling me that I wasn't a real scientist. Wait, what? Why? Yeah, yeah, right. He literally was like, well, you don't do real science, right? Because he was an engineer, so... I was like, I don't understand. I literally studied viruses right now. I'm so confused. What do you mean I'm not a real scientist? And he's like, well, the wildlife field, that's what women do. It's nurturing. And I was like, oh, crazy that you don't think I sit here and do research all day and play with my little chemistry kits when I'm not outside. And take data and things like that isn't that what engineers do too except they don't get to go outside and they're just on their computers doing data the whole time then it goes back to our first podcast how do you define science then what do you mean I don't do science it's not real science oh that is disgusting excuse me yeah that's just how men will always talk to women that's on being a feminist yeah yeah anybody who identifies as a woman is gonna receive some sort of misogynistic treatment in this field that is inherently male dominated and the rules were made up by men anyway. Yeah, the most blatant misogyny I've experienced was when I had to train volunteers Mm -hmm. on how to digitize things. They have a, a certain format to digitize botanical records. It needs to be consistent. And so there was a protocol and I would train these volunteers and here in Hawaii, a lot of the volunteers are snowbirds um, because they have Mm. the time. And there was this one old guy who was volunteering and I had to train him. And I would give him instructions written and I would sit there with him for like the few, the first few times. And then when I felt that he got it, then I would leave. But then he would ask me these questions, kind of basically trying to undermine you yeah I don't even it was so long ago but he was trying to ask me questions to like make sure that I knew what I was doing and then um whenever I would correct him 
he'd be like, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I was like, well, but this needs to be here because there needs to be this, this, and this, like explaining what, why it's, you know, the way that it is and the way that it's supposed to be, because that's the standard for that institution. And not because I'm just telling him to, but he took it kind of personally. And he was just like, I, I got to take a break. I can't. And then I overheard him talking to my supervisor and saying that he just had a hard time because I was a young girl. Uh, <laughs> so he just blatantly admits that he disrespects you because you are a young girl. Yeah, uh... And he was making so many mistakes, so many mistakes. And I would have to like correct it, correct it for him. And so when he would come back the next week, I'd be like, hey, uh, we need to redo these again because these were out of place. And he, yeah, he would just give me like an attitude or ignore me. Yeah. So. Right. Because not only are you a woman, but you are a young woman, which means you must know absolutely nothing, which is so shitty because I don't understand a man my age who's gone through my schooling or had my experiences in the field would probably be just as experienced as me. Right? Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. But if, if you were a male at your age, he probably would be like, wow, so much respect. You're so young and so knowledgeable. The narrative would have been different in his head. I like the part where he admits that it's because you're a young girl. He, he just, he didn't even, he didn't even hide it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and I think after that, he stopped volunteering. I, I don't think my supervisor allowed him to... Well, yeah. Like, are you trained, sir, a snowbird? Are you trained to? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry they did that. It's dick. It's all good because just now we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing has changed. So, so that's on having titties. Yep. And we'll move on to having tattoos. This is a fun one, I guess, for me. Yeah. I can see. I mean, we're both, <laughs> well, we're both pretty, we're both tattooed people. They're visible at this point. I mean, my eyebrows are even tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking real, we're talking, not real tattoos. These are real tattoos. They are real tattoos. Your eyebrows <laughs> are actually tattoos. <laughs> but we're talking, you know, like I've got finger tattoos, courtesy of you. You've got finger tattoos courtesy of you yes <laughs> Do you? I just practice on myself you guys it's inspirational and I guess the 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 tat taboo around tattoos is changing a little bit more right but okay. there's still especially in the sciences oh my gosh which is this field that's supposed to I guess people used to hold in high regard <laughs> until recently that there's this idea that you have to look cleanly, you have to look professional. Again, you have to look a certain way. As if my tattoos are going to inhibit me from doing the same monkey lab work that a monkey could do. Yeah, that arm tattoo isn't going to let you centrifuge that conical <laughs> tube. Oh no, I can't press spines because <laughs> of my one tattoo. The ink is so heavy. <laughs> Again, do you know what's heavy? <laughs> The misogyny on this. <laughs> the patriarchy. That's heavy. Yeah. And I get, especially, oh my gosh, in both of our cultures too, tattoos are, I guess at least for me in the Eastern culture, and 
it designated you to be a part of a gang, basically. And it's still like that. It's still like that in certain parts of Eastern Asia, where they regard tattoos with just absolute trash human beings, I guess. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's a cultural issue. And that is, um, is that pre-colonization or post? Oh, it's totally post. Yeah, because I see for here, I mean, talk about what tattoos mean to Native communities, you know? Yeah, so I am Kanaka Maoli, which is the proper term for Native Hawaiians. And I'm also a Filipina. And both of those traditional cultures, tattoos were actually really important. They marked certain rites of passages, things you've accomplished, things that you've gone through. And also your identity. So people can identify you and where you come from, you know, what your, who your family is. And so those are really important. Sorry. I'm just thinking about more about how they're definitely really important. Yeah. They, they're your identity. And after post post-colonization, especially with Christianity, they were, they were banned and even outlawed. And yeah, like you said, associated with people demonized they were demonized yeah it was completely demonized you know how those uh, missionaries came in and were like this is witchcraft (laughs) yeah myself with ink is witchcraft yeah that's Um, what happens yeah so even my grandmother she uh migrated from the philippines and even her generation grew up with heavy catholicism it's really, yeah, that's a whole different episode. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, I, so I grew up with my whole family being like, tattoos are, they didn't blatantly say this, but it was, you know, it was, you felt it, that tattoos are the work of the devil. And it wasn't until I moved to Portland for college where so many people just had tattoos all over the wazoo and I was like (laughs) you know they're they're working in their accountants of course baristas um but bookstores they're career people they're career yeah they're career people they're they're working people oh my gosh even even the acupuncture school there's an acupuncture school Chinese medicine school in downtown Portland that I went to all the time to get acupuncture and so many of the students had tattoos and I was like they're healing people yeah like yeah like I love how everyone just doesn't like it's just accepting that like every everyone's got tattoos and people get tattoos for whatever reason and even in you know contemporary life people are still getting tattoos for traditional reasons right it's Mm -hmm. like a time in their life it's a, a memory identifying of who they are what they believe in like what they like what they like yeah and just because it's not you know like traditional patterns or imagery it's like for those same reasons so right. i didn't realize because i knew like you can absolutely have tattoos and be a, a amazing human being um, but it wasn't until i moved to portland that it was just like okay yeah why am i even hold, like why do i even care what my family thinks or what my future bosses will think or whatever 
right like tattoos are not they're not they don't condemn you to a certain type of lifestyle they're also not indicative of your moral beliefs your core beliefs either you can have tattoos and be a good person it's just this it's definitely a byproduct of colonization you're right and that's very inspiring that you were just, you know, like, yeah, what, what does your boss think? I really got to give it, I had this high school anatomy teacher. She, she taught anatomy, he's a human anatomy, but she was all tatted up and pierced. She had really short hair that she always gelled. She's looked like a punk rocker. Like she should have been a lead female bassist in some sort of a punk rock band or something. She's really cool. She was awesome. And she almost kind of really, this is in high school, you know, I, I was just turning 18. So of course, what was the first thing I did when I turned 18 was I got this tattoo. But I've always wanted tattoos growing up, probably because my mom always dangled it and was like, don't do that. Because, you know, when your parents want to tell you not to do things and it's like, well, I never had that idea. But now that you mentioned it, it sounds like a great idea. Uh, so I don't know if it's that act of rebellion, but I don't know how I had this conversation with her, but she really inspired me to break out of that mold to, to stop thinking in that matter because she was kind of explaining how the tattoos and the body modifications affected her when she was looking for a job. And she did say that she had been rejected or a few jobs said she had to either laser them off or take off, take out a few of the piercings. And her mindset was that if a job doesn't want me because of my looks and not my qualifications, then I don't want to work for that kind of a person anyway. Yeah, absolutely true. I mean, you're, you're valuable as a employee. So you should also look for people that value you and value your resume, you know? Yes, also great professional advice for those who are listening that are looking into the STEM field. Yeah, or just any field and anything, like anywhere you want to work, choose an employer that is hiring you for you and your qualifications and not based on your looks. Yeah, 100%. And that's what I really liked about the federal hiring process is that they have to like white out your name so that they just look at the resume and know that yeah isn't that awesome um everybody should do that everyone should do that I I get real sus about HR departments that don't block out people's names right because you're not giving them a real chance we know that racism exists in the hiring process people do look at names and you know or, or, or is your employer collecting you to be part of their little diversity Ooh. account? Their episode. <laughs> Ooh. Mm, we'll have to remember this. But yeah, yeah. We both have pretty out there tattoos. And I, I don't think it's affected my work ethic at all. <laughs> no, d- definitely still able to centrifuge. Right. Right. It's- <laughs> Yeah, it's not like my my finger or my arm tattoos or my eyebrows uh, made an impact on my ability to think cohesively. No, not cohesively. Well, may- look, maybe it did. Darn. Uh, but it has no real <laughs> ability to change my critical thinking skills. Yeah. It's not like I got a tattoo and my IQ dropped five points. 
Yeah. Or like you get a, yeah, it's not like you get a tattoo and a qualification gets crossed off your list. <laughs> Imagine if for every tattoo we got, we just got to stretch through one of our skills. But that's, like, would you- that's literally how, how it be like they are thinking, you know? Yeah. 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 Which one do I want to lose for my entire back piece? <laughs> Jeez, you know. it don't make (laughs) it doesn't right make it make sense it doesn't it doesn't make sense just just professionalism and appearances I I understand why people in the medical field have to get that done sometimes you know because doctors are working with patients a lot of times and it's for the comfort levels of the patients that they're working with I guess people are coming from all sorts of backgrounds right yeah but then maybe as a just common person just don't be a dick yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean exactly it's just it also comes down to accepting that your culture and tradition isn't the only culture and tradition and it's like as long as y'all nobody's being buttholes and (laughs) you know like (laughs) I got a squat. Hold on. <laughs> Trying to get that uh, pelvic floor toned, you know? Um, anyways, it, it, just don't be a butthole. Recognize that other people have come from different cultures and different beliefs with different traditions. They might not be from yours or they might not be compatible with yours. And also recognizing that a lot of traditions have changed and a lot of life today is defined by European colonization. Facts. And as we go through our lives, it seems like that tattoo taboo is is changing pretty rapidly too. I think people are loosening. Yeah. Loosening the grip on it, which is great to see because again, uh, it I, I didn't get any qualifications crossed off of my CV for getting a flowers on my back, <laughs> you know? I guess that's it for tattoos. Yeah, and I feel like we'll start recording more episodes. We'll get deeper into what professionalism, what is it even? Right, what the expectations surrounding professionalism are and how we kind of compare to that. Yeah. And what's realistic and what isn't. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that brings us to uh, our other taboo. Not taboo so much, but... Um, Gosh, uh, this is something I think we both have had issues with speaking in in vernacular speech. Is that the right way to phrase it? It's crazy because, for example, a person who's probably listening to us right now talk to each other. They're like, whoa, like these scientists. Frick, I said, I said like. You did. (laughs) (laughs) Am I supposed to talk you out on it? Uh, go for it. I don't know. I'm not even tracking myself right now, but that's okay. Uh, all right. I expect that our audience, maybe some people might feel a little shocked that we're not being completely professional and we're not being the most well-spoken and it's, ah, <laughs> do you think that all professionals go out and speak to their friends in the same manner that they that they do when they're presenting their research in a 
in front of a bunch of people? No, no. I text my friends like I'm a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) You know this. (laughs) (laughs) I love your text. They're funny. Uh, She's really funny in real life. Uh, I mean, (laughs) I think we're, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just not going to make a comment about whether or not we're funny here because we're too giggly. Uh, we're too giggly. But that's just because you guys don't understand. I'm looking at her face. On we're recording this via video chat, and she, like her background is face. So I see you, and so I don't laugh. I should. Well, I should block yours. Actually, I'm blocking my own face, and all I see is your face. Don't look at me. And. <laughs> and the background of she just has giant some giant plant in the background yeah and as we already said I I don't know plants I think it's a hibiscus no it's paper mulberry wow I am very very wrong I am so (laughs) I said hibiscus (laughs) Uh, so back back to back on track um right do you think we're do you act like presentations aren't rehearsed act like the president doesn't pay somebody to write his speeches for them they they do I thought they wrote their own no a lot of times well isn't that what it's changed my world there's there's (laughs) speech writers and there's someone who gets uh, there's someone who gets paid to write the morning announcements you know like people are the like again they're reading off of a screen Surprise, everybody, if you didn't already know this, uh, a lot of your quote unquote professional presentations are either well rehearsed or 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 someone was bought to write them a speech. Right. So beyond that, I just remember this one encounter with this girl I was living in San Francisco. These podcasts are dangerous because people better watch what they say around podcasters it'll end up on a podcast you know but I remember kind of having this conversation with her and her kind of explaining why she didn't date black men and she (laughs) you've got your hand over your mouth like what (laughs) and she I this uh turns out she was a racist uh surprise and she basically was saying they don't talk smart for she said talk smart which already is already grammatically incorrect. She basically was like, they don't have smart language. First first of all, let's just establish that the manner in which you speak, a lot of times, the words that you learn, the way you learn to express how you feel and how you see the world and how you move through your world is a reflection of where you grew up. Yeah. Um, so this girl grew up in, grew up in California. Your parents already have money. Uh, from where she grew up you know they, she's a horse girl <laughs> she's she's a horse girl so your parents already have money so of course you have access to whatever type of education you want and and that's okay I'm not saying that I would never want people to struggle or anything but I grew up in Newark you know she was just kind of saying that she doesn't like when people don't speak proper English first of all what is proper English? And second of all, okay, I might not speak smart, but my papers speak for me. My CV speaks for me. This isn't how I email my bosses. My, yeah, my experience speaks for me. This isn't how I email my bosses. This isn't how I, how, how I email other 
people in my field. This isn't how I give public presentations, things like that. Yeah. That is what speak smart. It's talk smart. She said they don't talk oh. smart. And I'm just like, that you should have told her you talk smart. You oh. talk smart then. Talk smart, bitch. Also, the inherent idea of professionalism, why don't we just leave that to define us at work? It doesn't have to extend beyond work. You know how people always say, or my bosses would always say, don't take your personal life into work. Work is work. Okay, then we're going to do the same thing for work. I'm not taking my work life home. Yes. If I want to be a, if I want to be a bikini wearing, you know, makeup wearing person who speaks in an improper manner outside of work, that's just who I am. Being a scientist at work is only part of, part of what defines me. Yeah. Yeah. And then going back to like, you know, culture and stuff like that, Western science European science is like a totally different culture that's not that's not where how we grew up or where we come from you know yeah even like the English language isn't the only language out there it's not the only language out there (laughs) isn't it's so not (laughs) and also you know when you think about dialects like why are we saying proper English there's yeah there's vernacular there's dialect you know there's slang why can't, why is it so wrong to use that? Right. It's not exactly like I'm using slang in a scientific paper. Ex- exactly. It's just, you're- my discussion isn't being like, oh yeah, this, this, uh, the results were lit. Like, that's not what I'm putting <laughs> but, in my papers. But I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's see, they would. They I would. mean, I, I, I understand <laughs> that, but. I'd be down to put throw what if they just gave us three times where we're allowed to use slang and paper spice it up I know scientific papers be boring sorry I know oh no they're so dry and I understand because they have to get the facts across and I am that nerd that boring nerd that like I will read scientific papers to no end also because my job requires me to do it and I enjoy some of the material but you're right they're boring for a lot of people yeah and I just I'm also coming at it not coming from a traditional academic background in science right Mm. and it's like you know the accessibility of that language that they use it's not accessible Mm. at all and if it's the responsibility of scientists to do the work that they're doing for the greater good of the world it's like you can't separate community from land the language itself doesn't make science accessible and then you want to degrade the communities and be like citizen science and it's just like they're 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 just doing the work they're doing science you know they're doing the work for you (laughs) whenever they're participating right 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 and a larger problem of scientific language as well is that So the way we learn uh, environmental education is that generally the public understands information only at a fourth grade level. So a lot of times, one of the big issues with scientific communication is you have these people who are highly educated and highly skilled in whatever field that they're in, unable to communicate with the public because 
the majority of people not only can't have, haven't received that kind of training to understand scientific language, but they they weren't even given the opportunity to receive that kind of language, right? Yeah. Um, back on your point, yeah. it's inaccessible. It's inaccessible. I mean, we we are planning to share our struggles on getting into the sciences, but we struggled to break through here. And I don't even want to say we're the lucky ones because there was no luck. There was no luck in how I got where I am. There was no luck in how you got where you are. We struggled. You know, it was working. It was working several jobs at a time to try to get these experiences and then working these other jobs to support the lack of finances that were coming from the experiences that we were gaining to, to become that specialized in science is difficult. Yeah, I guess. A huge thing here in Hawaii is that is kind of similar to your story about that one girl talking about talk smart. Talk smart. <laughs> um, to me, when I hear talk smart, that actually sounds like that it sounds, sounds pigeon. Pigeon, yeah. It sounds, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what pigeon English is, so that's um. It, it's Will you not, give them an example? Oh, okay. So <laughs> you've never, I've never even gotten to hear you speak pigeon like that. Okay, so the thing is, <laughs> um, here in Hawaii, we speak pigeon <laughs> and pigeon is actually a way. Okay. Let me start here. It's now recognized as its own language, but also the pigeon English that's spoken today. Isn't the pigeon English that was spoken back then. Mm -hmm. There were a lot more Hawaiian words, Hawaiian, Portuguese, Japanese words included in there, but Pidgin English came, came up and started being used during the sugarcane plantation when people were moving here to work in the sugarcane plantations and then everyone was mostly speaking English. And so whoever came from wherever part of the world and even Hawaiians who are from Hawaii had to learn English and also had to understand each other. Um, and we're talking like people from Germany, Portugal, Portugal Spain, um, the Philippines, Philippines. China, oh. Oh, where else? China, Japan, Korea. Jeez, yeah. Yeah. They came straight from where they were and they all had to live with each other in, in a a close-knit community and so yeah so how are you even going to co uh, communicate with each other so it pidgin english became that way and um the sentence structure is actually uh stems from olalo hawaii so hawaiian language um and so That's interesting yeah and so things like see i haven't even spoken pidgin english in a long time Right. And God forbid, if you did, people would look at you and be like, she's dumb. Yeah. There's certain words and slangs that <sighs> I still use. Like, how's it is one of them. It's how's it? I love that one. It's literally, how is it? Like, yeah. But how are you? It's like, how, how is it going? How are you? What's and, up? Yeah. What's up? And it's like, you know, even in Olala Hawaii, it's like one, one word or one phrase could mean many different things. I still use, I still say things like, can you close the light? Right. You know, but you get right. what instead of like turn off. Yeah. You get, you get what I'm saying that I, I can relate to it. It just makes sense. Um, even though I'm not saying 
clothes like uh you're not talking smart yeah yeah and it's like yeah we grew up like that right and it's hard to shape that's that's the same thing as basically having an accent when you've learned English as a second language. Yes. A lot of times that never goes away. And and language is a reflection of essentially the culture, right? Exactly. So exactly. And it's it's also it also defines like, you know, epistemology and like the way that you make decisions, the way that you relate to the world around you is through language. And that's why languages like for example Hawaiian maybe see, maybe seem a little simpler that's just because you live in an island and the things you were seeing were the same it's repetitive you didn't need eight words to describe different type of rocks yeah. right and you were also, probably just seeing the same rocks why do we need eight words to describe different types of rocks anyway but the thing is when we do <laughs> oh oh no you do oh I'm so full of shit no, no, it's it's all good. We do. And there's like literally hundreds of names for different types of rains, different types of winds in specific areas. Like, okay, that, yeah, okay. Th that's like a whole nother thing about like indigenous science. That is the science. Like they were able to name the specific rains and winds that happen at specific times of the year. Like, right. but yeah, in English, it's just rain. Like, oh, it's just rain. You have rain, drizzle, downpour. Mixed. right tsunami so, oh that's yeah. not even rain <laughs> hurricane hurricane <laughs> monsoon yeah, yeah right those are like yeah, right. eight and yeah in the hawaiian language it's like m much more and also we have words that can mean different things in different contexts it's like mm -hmm. you understand the context first and then you understand the word and how it's being used Mandarin is like that with our tenses. You have to give the tongue, you have to give the context of the time period, the time frame in which you're speaking, and then you say the verb. Yeah. Right. Like the, there's no past tense, essentially. Yeah. That's really cool about Hawaiian. But yeah, so I, I guess an example is I, I used, I wouldn't <laughs> say I used traditional pigeon, but I used a more modern pigeon in the workplace, or I just wasn't, I was just speaking the way that I speak. Oh, I actually have written here a couple of- Oh, what are you gonna say? Is this when you were just trying to communicate with a fellow Hawaiian, basically? No, this was, this was oh. at work in the lab. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all started off like this. It, you know, at first I was like, not gonna think about it but it happened again but first the first thing was my supervisor was saying like oh can you tell da 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 and I was like okay I'll make a I'll make a note for myself and they were like you mean a memo because it wouldn't be a note and I was fuck like off fuck what? off okay I was like I just ignored that and I just walked away and a couple weeks later I was the same person um, asked me why I left a tube of media, a media out on the counter. And I was just like, I'm just letting it defrost, you know? And I, I even put my hands up to do the uh, hand quotations. Like I'm going to let it defrost quotation marks. Um, right. You were being silly. Yeah. I was just being myself. Right. 
See, and this is not even pidgin English. (laughs) You're just being yourself. Yeah. And here they were like, you mean you're letting it get to room temperature because it wasn't in the freezer. So it's not actually (sighs) frosting. And I, I, in my head, I was just like, you know, I just said one thing and it took you like a whole last minute to say the thing that I just said in which, right. <laughs> and I was just like, and then if you think that's all, they did it again. And I was making media with sodium chloride, right? Which is, it's basically table salt. But I think it's purified salt, but but yeah, it's table salt. Just just call it it's table like, salt. It's, yeah, it's just it's purified salt. And yeah, I was just grabbing a thing and then they were asking me, like, oh, what am I doing? And I was like, Oh, I'm just I'm just grabbing the the table salt. You know, and I did the same thing with the quotations. Cause yeah, I know it's not table salt. But you were being funny. See, like I would have left. It's not a situation to be serious about. And yeah, and then they were like, table salt? You mean sodium chloride? Because we don't have table salt. I was like, what the actual, like, know what I mean? You Like, and you should know that I'm just, I'm fucking around. I, you know, I, I, sometimes I wonder if when I get a PhD, that means I won't understand jokes anymore. (laughs) I think that's what it means. Or it's either going to be an opportunity to uh, look for opportunities to be an asshole. Um, So guys, this is what we say last time when you're using your knowledge, there is power that comes with knowledge, right? But oh my God, don't use it in this way. What what was the point of correcting you? Absolutely pointless. What was the point? I, what I, was the point? It's yeah, I, I don't understand. And for something like this, yeah. like something so minimal. Oh my gosh! Wait, I actually have a really good example. Sorry, these were I, all really good examples. No, these were all really good I examples. Thought of another one. The same person, everyone. Okay. <laughs> So at that time, another person just found out that him and his partner were pregnant or his, <gasps> his partner was pregnant. <laughs> She's right. the one carrying the baby. <laughs> right. Um, and they were talking about professionalism. Ta-da. And how many professionals are having babies later in life. Because that's, what did he say? He said, oh yeah, professionals have their babies later in life. That's what so elitist. I was like, what are you going to say? What? What do you mean? Like, you mean that whoever's having babies, like at a younger age, can't be professional or they're not professional because they chose to have babies earlier in life? Right. Um, um, Also, what defines a professional and what defines your career and what defines a professional career? I still don't understand that. Exactly. Like if someone wants to start a family early, like that's like their life. Like it has nothing to do with like professionalism. No, it literally, it it has, (laughs) wait, oh my God, hold on. It's dawning on me. What the fuck does having a family have to do with being professional? What do you mean professional? You have to be a professional mother in order to be a mother. I don't get it. Uh, mm. I don't get it. What was your point there? Well, my guy, like, what was your point in even saying that? I just, I almost lost it. 
Because that was a very unprofessional thing for him to... I mean, his attitude is pretty unprofessional, if you ask me. That's what we're up against. Oh, God. That's like a very mild version. And you know what? <sighs> I've had two people in my life tell me that I victimize myself for being a, a, an indigenous woman because I talk about these things that happen to me and think these things that happen to my friends. But it's a literal right. reality for us that we constantly have to think about whether or not we're overreacting yeah think about whether or not we're overreacting and also having to just deal with that actually happening right and when people talk about what are microaggressions that was one where it's not just straightforward or or that girl the example of the girl being saying that uh you know black people can't talk smart gee that's more just aggression but it's these little little things that you do where it's not blatant, your elitist view of yourself, your narcissistic, your pedestal that you're sitting on. It's it's not obvious, but in the slightest way, it's still meant to attack someone in some way, right? Yep. Your, your intention was still to hurt somebody so that you could make yourself feel better. And that's what he did right there. He Let me just... Find a way to subtly insult younger parents by saying that they are unpro- they're they're exactly. not professionals. What made it even worse is that he referred to local people here in Hawaii, meaning a lot of people. He said a lot of people here, you know, have babies <gasps> younger. Oh, he was making an example out yep. of yep. local Hawaiians. Yep. To and be like, I'm just a little bit better. Leave. Why do people like that continue to live? I. Yeah, and I think that's that's also another like you know taboo, a taboo quote unquote, is having children. Oh my god, that's another one. As oh my god, this is so just, relevant to feminism. Yeah, wanting to have babies and like feeling that you can't have babies earlier because of one people like that but also right. that idea that your life is going to end you can't chase your dreams you can't have a career if you have kids right and that is that is something that I've witnessed definitely go into a hiring process right uh these people yeah. kind of one time considered this woman for a position I'm not going into details about this specific but this is something I witnessed and they interviewed her and turns out she was this, she had just gotten engaged, blah, blah, blah. She was just sharing her life story. And um, they made the decision that she couldn't, she wasn't fit for the position because there's a really good chance that she would get pregnant within the next year and they would lose her. You know, the, then how do we fill that job? So many jobs out there. I don't think people are talking about it, but I, I think it's subtle enough that we know it's not, it's just subtle enough that we have to question ourselves all the time as we do. <laughs> I wish everyone could see your face of shock. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just, I have a face of disgust. That's, yeah, that's a better word for it. Yeah. I like that right? so messed up. She's right, trying and that, to get a job to provide for her family. They're acting right. like her having a child is going to be forever. I mean, yes, it, <laughs> Yes, it, she's going to have this child. It is, it is forever. But that it's going to, that she's going to be on maternity leave forever. Or they're going right. to have to pay for her maternity leave for her not being there. And it's just like, it again, it doesn't affect her qualifications. 
And something else to talk about is, first of all, chill, chill the frick out, my guy. Maternity leave in this country isn't a lot anyway. Exactly. Uh, so it's messed not, up. It's also messed up. And I've got to think, ever since experiencing that, I've got to wonder. I don't even think that was my first encounter. You know, that wasn't my first encounter. I think my other encounters were more subtle. And I've got to wonder how many jobs are passing up very qualified women who maybe accidentally overshare things that they're excited about and just because she's where did you draw the conclusion that she's going to have a baby within the next year did she say that to you um I think that's something a lot of women withhold is is when they're making friends with their peers or talking to their supervisors I I would withhold that information because I would be worried and that's something we worry about is losing our careers God forbid we decide to have children. Yeah. I understand maternity leave, but, uh, you know, oh, we're not going to have this person for five or six weeks, but it's only five or six weeks. And that's why maternity leave exists. What do you want me to do? Not use it? <laughs> but damned if we do and damned if we don't, because then if I don't have kids, another thing we get faced with a lot as women is people questioning why we don't want kids. Oh yeah, this is, yeah. Like damned if I want a child and damned if I freaking don't. I, I don't win either way. Right. It's my own business why I don't want, and, and stop asking people why they don't want kids. You don't know what their issues are. You don't yeah. know about their fertility issues. You don't know yeah. about, stop asking people. It's personal. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it very much is personal. And also it goes into how society or you know, the patriarchy basically is trying to control our bodies. Demand a child out of me just because I'm a woman. Don't. Again, yeah. Controlling our bodies, controlling what we do with it, controlling how uh, we present ourselves. Um, Oh yeah. Oh my God. That's (laughs) that was the theme of this whole podcast. That was the theme. Yep. That was all about titties, tattoos, and taboos. And it's, and it, it's not like it, it just affects us in the workplace, right? All of this. And it keeps happening. It's like, boom, 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 boom. It's not just a one-time thing where you experience these things. You know, right. We're going to be faced with it for entire careers <laughs> in this field. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh my gosh. One last story for me. My friend, they are a biochemist. They were training um, people that flew in from the continental U.S. And the whole time, they thought that my friend was an intern. Turns out she's a second in command. And when they found out, then they started they started listening to her because the whole time they were groveling. They were groveling and joking around with her. <laughs> like, whoops! Uh, sorry, I didn't recognize your position and qualifications because you yeah. are a woman. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joke, huh? Yeah, and also she was the youngest one there, and she was the only Filipina. That's not even. That's not. You're not even trying hard to hide shit like that yeah. at that point. You know? I was like, that's. <sighs> yeah, and before some man who happens to casually be listening to this says, well, why don't you choose another field? Why can't I choose this field? Yeah. Why, why, why aren't you, why don't you stop being a butthole? (laughs) Why don't you work on educating yourself on things like equity and maybe not how to be, how to play into misogyny? It's not. Yeah. And also take accountability for yourself. Yeah. 
Come on. If you see Come this on. happening, if you know that it's happening, like, why are you not taking accountability? I mean, right. I can, American society is all about not no accountability. <laughs> <laughs> Starting from but all it, the wars we fund. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be like that on an individual level. Right. You don't have to stoop that low. Right. And that's the point. Uh, maybe if we tell these stories, people, you know, people like us will understand that these things are not okay. People who have a larger representation in the STEM field, maybe look out for one another. Look out for your minority peers. Look out for your minority feminists. Yeah. Look out for women um, in general. Yeah. And I've gotten this a lot where people, you know, the you victimize yourself or you're a negative or oh it's it's so small like just let it go or 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 this the I like to think that things are getting better the toxic positivity complex you know yeah I get a lot of that or the you know life's too short thing and you know what life's too short to not be a dick yeah and to (laughs) not strive for equity and accountability and to strive to support others life's too short to let these things go like keep happening to continue to pe- perpetuate the bullshit. Yeah, and and the other thing is while these things seem small, we've experienced them our whole lives, right? So each of your stories were small things, but the fact that you continue to experience them over and over and over and over again, they accumulate into this just, what am I supposed to do with all of this small bits and pieces of hatred and anger that I've been fed with my entire life? Yeah. You know, again, what what do you want me to do with it? Yeah. It gets to the point. It's, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Tiny, tiny, tiny bits of pieces of these things that we've experienced our whole lives, microaggressions, they add up. They're a heavy, you know, what's heavy (laughs) microaggression, (laughs) the weight of microaggressions on us our whole lives. So those are kind of things to think about when we have these conversations about uh, titties, tattoos, and taboos. We try to make it light, but um, these are not like topics. And a lot of times our spaces and our gaps in our conversations are, are us just breathing. Yeah. Uh, because we're, we're reliving a lot of our own traumatic experiences and trying to share them so that other people don't have to deal with it alone. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for being along for the ride. Thank you. And just to highlight, even though we just talked about it as our <laughs> last little spiel is if you see these things happening, if you don't feel comfortable speaking up to authority because you feel like you might lose your job, at least check in on the person. Oh my God, that, that could make, make a huge, huge difference. Yeah. Having, knowing that we are supported by somebody makes all the difference in the world. Um, yeah, or that's a really good point. Yeah. And again, like we said in the first episode, we understand that uh, a lot of people fear losing their jobs in these situations. Yeah, a gentle check in with people hey, I noticed that wasn't cool what blah, blah, blah did, or um, how are you feeling? Um, Is there anything I can do to to help help or make you feel supported or comforted if these things, you know, keep happening? You know, what what do you feel like you want to do? And I will 
for you. You know, just like things like that, because even when those microaggressions happen, even though I feel that I shouldn't be shocked by them, I'm still shocked. Right. In uh, this time period where you feel like things are getting better, uh, they're not. Just so everyone knows, they're they're not. Um, on a broad scale, do I feel like maybe they're, we're shifting, that everything is shifting to a better place? Yes, but these things still happen, right? Yeah. And there's a really good chance that realistically they're going to continue to happen. We're just trying to talk through either how they can change or, or how, who we can rely on or how to be that person that somebody can rely on. Right. Yes. Um, because this is a, this is a safe space and we are your safe space feminists. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you like this, um, we've got a bunch of other topics that we can delve into because every single time we have conversations like this, like, there's always new episode, new episode, new episode. Be careful about what you say to us, uh, because you'll become that <laughs> you'll become a new episode. We will honor you in that way. You don't want to be honored that way, but we'll honor you in that way. So if you want to share your story, share your experiences, um, especially that have to do with titties, tattoos, and taboos. Oh my God. Yeah. We were so stoked for this one. Uh, cause it's really close to our hearts and I'm sure it's close to a lot of people's hearts out there. Ladies with tattoos um, or body modifications in STEM, rock on. And if you choose not to have body modifications too, rock the fuck on. That's fine. But we're not judging either one. Any other stories or uh, moral support or suggestions, things you want to hear covered? Um, maybe if you have an infuriating story that you can't tell anybody but need somewhere to vent. Yeah. You can let us know if you want to be anonymous. Yeah. Um, we will honor that. Yeah. 100%. If you want to type in all caps, because that's how angry you are. Um, yeah. Email us at safespacefeminists at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at uh, safespacefeminists on Instagram. We are your wellness warriors in the STEM field. Ta-da! Ta-da! And Catch give that. <laughs> oh. <laughs>